Hello and welcome to Parently, where we tap into the unique experiences and perspectives of parents to celebrate the joys and honor the challenges of child rearing. With new interviews each week, this is a podcast for moms and dads seeking an empowering community and a little levity. Now here's your host, Kelsey Higgins. Hello and welcome to Parently. Today I am joined by Sandy Lown, hailing from the great state of South Dakota, where I grew up, born and raised. So excited to have you on today, Sandy. Welcome to Parently. Thank you. And I'd love to hear that you're from South Dakota. I it's, am. It's great. I, it, it really is. I grew up in Pierre and graduated high school there, and it was an awesome, awesome experience. I loved it. That's great. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in South Dakota? I actually grew up in Iowa, Eastern Iowa. Okay. And, and how was that? Did you enjoy your oh my childhood? gosh. I had like the greatest childhood. My sisters and I still talk about it and laugh about the things we did and the people we hung out with. And, <laughs> and you know, uh, it's been about 30 years and my husband and I came to South Dakota, which was supposed to be for two years. 30 years ago, it was supposed to be two years? Yes. Wow. And we loved it so much we couldn't leave. And have you always been in Sioux Falls because that's where you live, Sioux Falls? We have always been in Sioux Falls. Yes. And, you know, our kids have grown up here and we just loved, loved the community and loved, I loved my job too. So that was another reason we could never leave. That's uh that's an important piece of the puzzle for a lot of folks. It is. I want to talk about your job in a minute, but first you mentioned husband and kids. Um, how many kids? What, what are their ages? So we have three kids, and believe it or not, they're all adults. We have 31, 29, and 28. Wow. So you've you've been around this parenting rodeo before. You probably have all of the tips and tricks for us. Oh, no. I wish I could say I did. I share, <laughs> I share tips and tricks with people all the time, but I don't know. Sometimes they look at me like, you're old. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Okay, let, let me ask you this. If you had to give one piece of advice to a first-time expecting parent, what would that one piece of advice be? You know, I think it would be the same thing um, I tell all of our moms too. And it's crazy, but I tell them to just be patient. Mm -hmm. And just every child is not the same. And just because your friend's babies were walking it 10 months doesn't mean yours walking it 14 months is any different. Mm -hmm. That So I think that that's the biggest thing I share with our moms is just be patient. It's all okay. Your kids are going to be okay. They all grow up fine. That's just really good advice because I think it's, especially in this age of social media, it's so easy to compare and, and that can be tough if you're trying to compare your life with the highlight reel of someone else's. Well, and I think it's very difficult because many times what you see on social media is what people want you to, you know, you show only your best moments. You don't yeah. see 
sitting on the floor with a crying two-year-old and you're also crying because you don't know what to do, you see, oh, look how perfect I, my life is and my baby. And you don't see the other side of people's lives, which are really difficult sometimes. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's why I think you know, I, I call it a highlight reel. I don't know where I heard that. I heard it from somebody, but it, it really is. It's These are the 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 best moments of any person's life captured. And I do think there's actually a lot of um, change in that right now. And, and more folks are posting about, you know, raw and, and vulnerable and that kind of uh, piece as well, which is important. But anyway, Sandy, I'm getting off track. What I wanted to ask you, you've mentioned the moms a couple of times, and I'm sure the listeners are like, what is she talking about? Because I haven't even introduced what you do or who you are or any of that. So why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, the reason I invited you here today? And that was to tell me and all of the listeners about the teddy bear den. I know we are a program. I'm so proud to tell people about this program. Awesome. Uh, we are a program that is here in Sioux Falls to assist the limited income pregnant women in our community. So over the last 25 years, all of our moms have earned what we call healthy points or teddy bear den credits. Mm -hmm. And they get those credits by attending their doctor's appointments, not smoking, drinking, using drugs, taking educational classes, immunizing children, all of these things. And with that, they come back and they shop in our store for brand new baby items in exchange for their points. Super cool program. And I don't know if I have ever heard of a program like that. Are there other ones out there that you know of? You know, uh, so I'll tell you a long time ago, they took the idea from a program that they saw in California. Okay. So, and it was out of a closet and it was kind of similar to the teddy bear den here. And our program was started by the March of Dimes. They saw that program and they thought, oh my gosh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota can totally use this program. Mm. And they tell people all the time, I've been with the program since the beginning. And I thought in the beginning, so we were open like the first six months and we had served like 139 women in our community. And I thought, we are so good. We are doing our job. Look at that. And now we have 1,700 women enrolled in our program. So wow. look back at that and I think, what was I thinking? We were so not doing our job. Like, <laughs> what were we doing? <laughs> 1,700 women. That's amazing. Did I say that right? 1,700? 1,700. Wow. That's awesome. So how does a, you said low income, how does a woman um, qualify? So women in our enrolled in our program are either on WIC, food stamps, okay. or Medicaid, or under the age of 18. Mm, okay. There, I mean, there are a few exceptions here and there. I mean, you can be turned down from WIC because you make $10 too much a month. I mean, that isn't enough to help you make ends meet or supply everything that you need. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're here, we're just here to help, you know, here to help and make sure that our moms are making good choices for themselves and their child. Sure. Right. So obviously you're a nonprofit, right? Oh, yes. 
And how do you get those items that women are coming to shop for? So we do it a number of ways. So community is a huge part of our organization. Businesses make donations. Individuals make donations of baby items. That's always huge for us. We also fundraise and we grant write. Mm. And so with all of that, uh, we shop here at a store here in Sioux Falls. And we make big orders. So I will be texting the manager saying, can you get us 20 cribs and mattresses? Can you get us 15 high chairs? All of that. And so we shop and we have great volunteers that show up and help us unload, load, price items. Because everything in our store is priced by points, not cash. Okay. Yeah. So we do it a lot of different ways. What does your, your team look like? You mentioned volunteers. I would presume you have to have grant writers on staff. Like, Tell me about the people behind the, the teddy bear den. So behind the scenes, we have a board of directors of 16 men and women who are serving on our organization's board because they just have a true faith in what we do and a true belief in, you know, in our program and how it's working. Uh, at the teddy bear den, actually, I am the only employee. Oh, okay. And so I grant write and I fundraise and I you do it all. And I just kind of do it. I do a lot of my hands in a lot of different things. But the way that we operate on on a smaller budget is that I am the only employee, and so our program has all of these volunteers that also do things for us. Mm. So when the den is open, we have volunteers there working with our moms and their babies. When we need items moved, we have volunteers who come and help us. When we So our volunteers are a key component of our program. Awesome. Do you ever have difficulty getting folks to volunteer or getting um, people who can consistently volunteer or, or anything like that? You know, it's crazy because during COVID, we uh, did a time period where our volunteers weren't allowed to come in. I was the only person because we were so concerned about spreading anything. Mm-hmm. And so we did it where I was the only person there serving um, our families. And then when we opened back up, we lost about half of our volunteers. Oh, I suppose they probably found other things to fill that time and and or perhaps weren't comfortable coming back? Yeah. And I feel like that's what some of them were. And some of them have older parents. And so because of their older parents, they were feeling like, man, I I can't run the risk of bringing this into their home. Sure. And so, yeah, I mean, so our volunteers do a lot of things. Do we run short on volunteers? We sometimes do now. They listen to me beg all the time. I think everybody's used to it now. They're like, oh, no, it's an email from Sandy Lown. I should be very careful about even opening and reading it. (laughs) Because that's just how we work is that, you know, I'm always asking volunteers to help with things. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's how a lot of nonprofits need to function, right? Yeah. Okay, so you have been there, you said 25 years. How does somebody find themselves on in a career like that? What led you there? You know, I wonder about this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really a crazy thing. 
crazy thing to say. You know, um, we're here in Sioux Falls. We had three little kids who were in Catholic schools. And I knew at some point, like I'm thinking like, when at some point I'm going to have to get a job because we're going to continue sending our kids through schools here. I'm going to need to have a job to help support sending sure. kids to Catholic schools. And so I just had been telling a friend, I was actually volunteering with a mentor mom program at the time. And I was just telling a friend who was, ru- who was running the mentor mom program. Uh, I was like, Oh, at some point I'm going to have to get a job. Like I just got to figure out what my passion is and what I want to do. And I'm volunteering for this program that worked with teen moms. And she was telling me about the teddy bear den. And I was like, she's like, I'm on the board. It hasn't opened yet. I was like, I am all over that. I am coming in to volunteer. Like, this will be a great thing to volunteer. And then before the den even opened, the uh, executive director decided that she was going to go to school. And she was going to go for six weeks in New York. And she had to choose if she was going to run the teddy bear den and stay back in Sioux Falls or if she was going to leave and go to school. And she decided to go to school. And the mentor mom person who was in charge at that time called me and said, you need to come to this board meeting and apply for this job. <gasps> wow. And so I did. And which I know when you hear me talk now, it sounds really odd that I used to be like a little quieter and a little shyer, but I really was. <laughs> I just am not so quiet and shy now as I was then. And I walked into this board meeting and applied for the job. And I, and at first I was like 10 hours a week, you know, and then it moves up and it's 20. And then suddenly I'm working 40 and sometimes I'm working 60 if we're fundraising. And, mm. and I just thought, oh, I'll stick with this. This will be a great job. I'll stick with this while my kids are in school. This is perfect. I could take off and go to football games that are an hour away or a track meet that's an hour away. And I'd be working in the evening sometimes instead. Right. And, you know, do you ever have those moments where you like read job, like job ads or, you know, come work here, come work here. And you're thinking, boy, that does not sound exciting. Yeah. That doesn't sound like something that I would have a passion for Mm -hmm. or something where I really see like the difference that you're making. I don't always see that all the time at the den, but you know what I mean? You just don't hear those stories or feel that feeling. And I think, I don't know how people do those things. Mm. And so I think maybe that's what's kept me with it is that I just feel like, wow, like I have a passion for my job. I love my job. Sure. Well, that's really interesting. It's it, sometimes timing in life is just like so coincidental, but like it, it can't be a coincidence, right? The fact that all of those things kind of aligned and, and led you there is, it, it's crazy. It is crazy. And I think about that sometimes like, wow. And every time I look for something else, I'm like, okay if I am supposed to be doing a different job, please, like you have to throw a billboard in front of my face, God, because I am not a good, like, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. It's, it's truly a amazing blessing to, uh, to work a job that you are passionate about because so many people don't have that. Um, so that's really, really cool. What, what a, what a great way to, 
get up every day and, and go to bed at night knowing that you're working for a, a company and a mission that you believe in. And I feel like that too. Like, I mean, you know, it's like every other job where you go to bed at night and sometimes you're thinking, well, that was a really bad day. I did not do what I was supposed to do Mm -hmm. or I didn't handle this correctly or things like that. But I feel like a lot of times I go to bed and I feel like, wow, that was really good. Sure. Like what she said to me really was good and it touched my heart or, or that's the reason I do my job. I don't know. So has, has the program or your job changed at all over the last 25 years? Oh my gosh. Our mission has not changed. Our mission has remained exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And that is healthier pregnancies, healthier babies, and a healthier community. Mm -hmm. And so that has absolutely not changed. Parts of our program that have changed is that I feel like our program has expanded Okay. Our program has grown. We are serving a larger number of women. Uh, our point books have gotten bigger. A lot of more areas where our moms can earn points in order to come back and shop at our store. I feel like the need for our volunteers has grown. The capacity of our program has grown. And I'll tell you a secret on the side. I just applied for a grant to do a mobile unit for our program. Wow. Where would you go? Where would you, where, I mean, would you stay in the area? Are you thinking like bouncing around to some towns? I think we would, you know, Sioux Falls is like, like a bigger city. And then we have the little communities around us. You know, we have Brandon, we have T, we have Harrisburg, all of those. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like we would go closer to some of where our moms live into different Mm -hmm. communities we also have a, a number of things that happen here in Sioux Falls on a regular basis. Like we have a food truck giveaway. And so I think that we would be there because that's going to be a lot of the people enrolled in our program. So we would take our little truck and head over there. How cool. I know. And nobody knows about that yet. So I'm like telling you this and our board doesn't even know this information yet that I applied. Wow. You're Um, lucky this isn't being aired for a couple of months. I know. I was just thinking that, but you know what? I'm all about, I don't know. Somebody asked me like, what is the one thing you want to do? Like, what's your, what's your biggest dream for this program? And I was like a mobile unit. Look at you chasing your dreams. So I just thought, gosh, a mobile unit would just be right up our alley. It's exactly what we need. That sounds awesome. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be sending the good vibes for, for that grant. When do you find out about it? don't know because it's like a request that I just sent out and they didn't give a deadline. So they just said to me, like, what do you see? And I said, this is what I see. He said, you need to write us a proposal and send us the information so we can put this grant together for you. Wow. I will do that. Good luck. That is so exciting. We'll be back after a short break. Today's episode is sponsored by Strip. After several months of maternity leave, I am back to work 
which means I'm also back to wearing makeup. While I do enjoy wearing makeup, I have never enjoyed the process of removing it at the end of the day. Until now, I've been using a new product I love called Strip. It does more than just remove your makeup, though it does do that well. It is skincare that truly nourishes your face with nutrients and vitamins, leaving behind noticeably healthier looking skin. It's made up of clean ingredients and it doesn't have a zillion steps that frankly, I just don't have time for. I've even shared it with family and friends and we all agree it leaves your skin feeling so soft and looking replenished. My favorite product is the Caviar Jelly Remover. It removes my makeup while hydrating with these fun, bursting nutrient bubbles. Support your favorite podcast with an awesome product. Check out Strip and use my discount by visiting stripyourmakeup.com forward slash parently. Strip your makeup, not your skin. Now back to Parently with your host, Kelsey Higgins. How do you measure the success of the program? Are you trying to get so many women in a year or uh, talk to me about that a little bit? You know, we measure in a number of different ways. We track a lot of information about our moms. So we track all of their information about where they doctor, due date, programs that they're on, if they're on WIC or food stamps or Medicaid, we track if they smoke or don't smoke, all of this kind of stuff. But another thing that we also track is their baby's birth weight, how many weeks pregnant they were when they had their child. Uh, We track, I mean, we track all of these things, what our program has helped them do. Are we there? Did we refer them to the right locations? Did we you know, get them involved in the right programs here in our community? Are they earning points in the right way? So we track all of this information and then we gather it every year and put it all together in our year-end report. And so a big thing, I guess for me is not, I mean, obviously some big ones are their baby's birth weight. And -hmm. currently our, our children are born higher than the national average. Wow. Uh, we track, I know. So we track all of these things. And, but really for me, I mean, those are all like a number game to me, you know, I'm more about the, the actual person and the sure. stories that they tell us. And did we help them? And did we get them through that rough time? Did they come back and need more assistance? Did they, you know, did we get them over that hump in life that they needed to get through while they were still in school or while they were unemployed or while they had an illness or, you know, so, I mean, we track a lot of different ways, but the biggest thing for me are the stories that they tell us Mm -hmm. far bigger to me than numbers. Would you say that that's the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, hands down. Yeah. Hands down the most rewarding. Well, let me flip that around. What is the toughest part of your job? Oh, gosh. You know, so it just, I can tell you it varies because sometimes it's the fundraising part. Sometimes it's the worrying about the moms and the stories that they will tell us are going on in their life right there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it will be, you know, knowing that their child is in NICU and mm-hmm. knowing, I mean, so it just depends on the, on the day for me and what might happen during that day. I wish I could tell you it's just one thing. I'm a worry board. <laughs> I worry about <laughs> a lot of things, you know, are we, yeah. Are we serving yeah. people the way we should? Are my volunteers doing okay while they're there? Are, you know, it's everything. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, it's a, that's part of the gig, right? You get the good and the bad and, and right. everything. Right. That's part of every job, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 25 years is is a long time for any program to run. That's, that's very impressive. Congratulations. What, what do you attribute that success to? I mean, besides your obvious leadership, but, but what else, what do you think keeps the, the program uh, attractive and continuing to find donors and, and volunteers and all of that? You know, Sioux, I, I rave about Sioux Falls all the time and the community and the people here. And I think that, you know, they, they just rally behind our program. And if it is an easy way to spread the word about what we're doing and how we're doing it, healthcare providers are huge for us. So, you know, if we tell them that we're out here and we're always informing new healthcare providers about our program and they are seeing the difference in the moms that they are serving, the women that they are serving, that is huge. I mean, that's an enormous thing for us. Right. For, right. For them to see the difference. And then if I need them to speak on a video for us or do the intro to our fundraiser or, I mean, so there's just so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, it was actually a, a volunteer of yours that introduced the two of us so that we could, you know, have this conversation and and get the word out there. So I see what you're saying when you talk about, you know, the community and, and folks wanting it to succeed. That's very cool. Well, our volunteers are huge. I mean, those volunteers are the ones that are there helping me when the den is open. They're the ones helping to unload. They're pricing everything with points. They're, you know, and they do everything. Not only do they do that, they're also there emptying trashes and vacuuming the floor. And I mean, they just help do so many things that are not even asked of them. Mm-hmm. The biggest mm-hmm. thing I ask is that we treat every single person who comes in the same, regardless of their different stories or their different lives or, you know, the things that they may say that other people wouldn't say. We treat them all the same. Mm-hmm. And our volunteers do the best job of doing that. Do the moms often share a lot of information with you? I, I personal information. I would presume they don't have to, right? As long as they're they're getting their points and and following, you know, the program in that way. They don't necessarily have to share personal information with you. But it sounds like they do. They do. And they, we do not ask anything of them. Just Mm. sometimes they'll sit down and tell us different things that are going on in their lives or in their children's lives or in their, you know, boyfriend or husband's lives. I don't think that we necessarily ask, 
they just want to share. Sure. And we ask our volunteers to just not judge, mm-hmm. you know, and we always say to them, like, I, I'm always reminding them, whatever happens here stays here. Like mm-hmm. you are welcome to tell me the story and you're welcome to talk about it with another volunteer, but please do not go out and be posting anything on social media. Do not be spreading the word about somebody that you heard about in our program because you hear a lot of different stories, mm. some fantastic and some very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be tough. I, I can see why that's, I can see why that's the, the that can be the best and the, the hardest part of your job for sure. Absolutely is. Sandy, what is, I, I, I feel like I know the answer to this question before I even ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is the biggest need of the teddy bear den today? Wow. You know, again, it's like one of those things where you ask me one day and I'll tell you one answer and you ask me another day and I'll tell you a different answer. Oh, interesting. That's not what I expected. Okay. Tell oh, me more. What did you expect? Well, I, it, I would say probably 99% of nonprofits that would be asked that question would say, we need funding. We need money. (laughs) That's always a given. (laughs) You know, okay, so I'll tell you this. Um, Prior to COVID, we had about 75 volunteers. Now we're working at about half of that capacity. So Mm. volunteers are always a big thing for us. Uh, Monetary donations are also huge for us. Because that's what keeps our program working, our monetary donations. I mean, we fundraise and we grant, right? But there's also that part of our budget that is just donation part, you know? So that, I mean, money is always a big deal to us. I used to, I'll tell you, when we first opened, I used to stress about it all the time. Mm. Like, all the time. I remember the year that we had hardly any funds and... I was giving up my December paycheck to keep the program running because I believed in it so much that I was going to give up my December paycheck. And I said, when we have the funds, you guys can just pay me. Like, that's how we'll run it this time. And that's really serving a mission that you care about. I mean, that was, I mean, that was quite a while ago and I don't, you know what I mean? But it was just like those you know, the first starting 10 years where you hear about nonprofits failing after this long and all of this. And I was like, listen, this program is not going to fail. We are going to, and our job is just to serve others. And so I feel like with that, that's just one of the things you do to serve others. Mm. But yeah, I mean, funding is always a big deal. Sure. If there's a listener out there who has just, you've tugged at their little heartstrings and they want to give to the organization, where and how can they do that? So we have a great website that was put together um, and it was done, it was redone a few years ago and they can just jump right on our website, which is teddybearden.org. And there's a donate page right on there. And it explains everything of how to donate, where their dollars are going. They can sponsor everything from a package of diapers to a crib and mattress, or they can just make a monetary donation. Mm. It's very simple and they just jump right on there. 
What if there's anyone, I, I do have, I do have some South Dakota listeners and some Sioux Falls listeners, not as big as my um, other areas of, of the country, but I do have some. What well, if there's some... after this? <laughs> What's that? I'll spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if you have, what if some local listeners are, are here? Do you, can they, can they purchase items and drop them off if they wanted? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, that's another big thing for us is people or groups or businesses, individuals purchasing items and dropping them off at the teddy bear den. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I'm just thinking of, you know, companies like my company every year has drives where folks, you know, bring in whatever we're whether it be school supplies or food or whatever right. happens to be that year, right? Um, so that would be that would be a cool initiative for a company to take on as well. Right. Or you know how companies do the five dollar dress down day or they you know, all those different things that mm-hmm. that have helped our program be a success because those people behind us. Well, what's in the what's in the future? So you gave us a little um sneak peek here of perhaps a mobile unit, which is awesome. And I'm not to say that that's not enough of a goal right now, but is there anything else? Do you, do you see anything else in the future? You know, I think, you know, for a long time, we've talked about if we should move to another location, uh, keep our location where we are now, but expand and have two teddy bear dens uh, in our community, which would be another wonderful thing. Uh, You know, I mean, Sioux Falls isn't like 5 million people, you know, I mean, it's like not near that size of a city, but, but we are expanding and we have a lot of little communities around us that also have people that need help. So sure. Sure. Are you, are you downtown or where's the, where's your current facility? We are downtown, which is like the best location that we could be. We are downtown Sioux Falls is cool too. That's a cool area. It is a great area with like, this is the thing I love about downtown Sioux Falls. I can run downtown because I mean, we're just right off a main block in Sioux Falls. So I can be thinking about, oh, geez, I forgot to get so-and-so a card. Oh, I'll run to a store downtown. I can just Mm -hmm. run down there really quick. Or yeah, I, I love downtown. So awesome. Okay, Sandy, what what haven't I asked you? I, do you feel like, you know, is there anything you're dying to tell me that I, I didn't get to yet? You know, I don't think so. I think that, you know, our biggest thing is that we just are here to help everybody mm-hmm. and help them, as many people as we can and continue on our mission of, you know, all of them having healthy babies and wonderful families and trying to keep everybody happy. Yeah. I think it's so unique. I just haven't heard anything exactly like it. So I, I just am very happy that you came on to tell me about it and the listeners about it. And thank you for your service to the community. It's not, you know, maybe my community, but I do obviously align with the mission and the goals, the teddy bear den and appreciate all the effort that you put into it. And I just think that you're an amazing person. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And it's it's been really 
nice chatting with you and tell us again that the teddybeardden.org yes okay yep, teddybeardden.org all right there we have it i um look forward to seeing what happens with that mobile unit i know i'm it makes me kind of excited i'm I, I'm anxious to tell our board. I'm kind of like a little, well, no, I'm not so hush-hush, but I'm a little hush-hush just because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> well, now you've put it out into the universe. What You've manifest, manifested now it. It's going to happen. It I sure is. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you. You as well. And to all of the listeners, thank you for joining. I invite you to tune in again next week for another insightful conversation. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next time.